Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, June the 16th. Here is the good news. Well, listen, it's all good news, right? Because we read the gospel, which means good news. But here is the good news. We are done with chapter 5 of Matthew. Now, listen, chapter 5 of Matthew is wonderful. But, but you had to be tired of hearing me say the same thing, because I, I got tired of saying the same thing. Jesus using these same examples, you have heard it said, but I say to you, we have moved beyond, we are moving along with the, uh, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. So uh, going to enter a very famous passage here, one we hear every year. And so Matthew chapter 6 Verses 1 to 6 and 16 to 18. When you hear this, think Ash Wednesday. It is the exact gospel we hear every Ash Wednesday as we enter into Lent. And you'll see why soon enough. So let's proclaim uh, and, and hear God's word together again. Okay? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, Do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have their reward. Sorry, just got to get my... But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to others to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I mentioned that this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, and then 16 to 18. So uh, we skipped verses 7 to 15. We will be hearing those tomorrow, and there's a reason for that. And and when we get to tomorrow, I'll I'll point back. It makes perfect sense. Uh, Because the Sermon on the Mount, we don't skip over anything. This is this is some of the best teaching of Jesus in all of uh, the New Testament and all the Gospels. It is so beautiful. So you can see, of course, why we use this Gospel every Ash Wednesday, right? Because of the threefold nature of Lent. 
prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And this gospel gives us an example. Jesus invites us to to use these tools in our spiritual journey, in our faith-filled journey. Um, But there are... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? There are pits along the way. There are some uh, traps in case we aren't paying attention to how we are using them, or maybe more importantly, to what end we are using them. So let's focus on that. Jesus says in his first line here, take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that other that people may see them. Otherwise, you'll have no recompense, no payment from your heavenly father. And then he goes on to give the example of what that looks like. The first he gives is with almsgiving. So the whole point is Jesus is again, and he did this with with chapter 5, right? You have heard it said, you shall not murder. But I say to you, do not even be angry. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, don't even hold lust for another in your heart. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. Or love your your. Uh, your neighbor, but but hate your your enemy. But I say to you, you know, we have to get out of that cycle of violence. That we that we have to turn the other cheek. All those things. He takes us from the letter of the law into the heart, and he brings us into the heart of ourselves. That's exactly what he's doing here, because they were called the 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 law invited people to tithe to give a ten percent of their earnings, right? to the church, to the temple. Um, and, uh, and he says, but, but again, you can do it and you can fall into the trappings that it's going to be about you and not be about uh, the, the, the meaning and, and where it's pointing. So he does that. Let's start with almsgiving. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets to win the praise of others. Remember the first line, take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Meaning, if you are doing this righteous deed in order that people may see them, well, you won't get your payment from recompense from the Heavenly Father because that's not what you're desiring. You're desiring recompense from other people. And you know what? If you give alms and blow trumpets before or you give alms in such a way that other people see them, so you can have a plaque on the side of a building and say, this is the Zenk Center, or this is the Smith Center, or, you know, a bench that says, you know, what? A, nothing wrong with that. I, I, I'm grateful to those people who give, incredibly so. But if our purpose is so our name can be seen and people look at us and say, wow, what a good giver they are. I've received my reward because that's what I desire. And and that's what Jesus is saying here is, when you give alms, do not blow a trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they've received their reward because all they wanted was to win the praise of others. And they've won it. It simply cost them the giving of the alms to do that. But when you give alms, don't, lift your, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing. 
So then he goes on, okay, that's almsgiving, so now prayer. Again, another uh, spiritual tool that's incredibly important to us. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say they have received their reward. That, what was it they were after? They were after other people seeing them. Well, they got that. And so they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. And then fasting. Again, another tool in our spiritual toolbox, another uh, incredibly good tool that, that helps us commune not only with the poor, but with our God, with those who are suffering around the world. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they've received their reward. So what is their reward? Look at how holy they are. They're fasting because they're showing that. They're going around with these long faces and gloomy looks so others know, oh, they're in the midst of a fast. Aren't they in the midst of a holy action? They must be holy people. Again, it, my friends, I, I think, and I can, I, you know, you know where I'm going with all this. And you know where Jesus is going with all this, more importantly. But I think what this, this gospel invites us to today, at least it gives us an opportunity today, is to ask us the question, what are the intentions um, going on underneath when we, when we not necessarily just pray or, or fast or, or give alms, what are the intentions going on within us when we make decisions, when we reach out to other people? Huh? What's going on underneath in all these interactions uh, throughout the course of our day? You know, I think Jesus probably was sitting in the temple area before he called everyone to himself, and, and he's doing this Sermon on the Mount, and he probably watched and again, Jesus knew human nature, and he understood how so many of our actions are done to gain the approval of others, or, or uh, in this quid pro quo system of, I'll do this for you if you do this for me, that, that these are merely exchanges, that I'll give these alms and I'll blow this trumpet if you look at me as a generous person. And I'll stand on the corner and I'll pray out loud if you look at me and, and think that I uh, carry this holiness or carry this wisdom. I, I, I want to use these, uh, these quotes, but, but I, I, I tell them in this uh, context that... I think, brothers and sisters, when we are honest with ourselves, I think when we have the, the courage to look within bravely, I think that we see whatever it is that we do, we do for mixed, a mixed bag, that we do for mixed intentions, that our intentions are, are many. 
And I, and I don't say that to judge you or me. I say that because I think that is a human construct. I think that's being real. And I think Jesus, in seeing this and naming it in the Sermon on the Mount, is naming us as human beings. And the Pharisees, when he is doing these things in the Sermon on the Mount, all of last week when he's saying, you've heard it said, but I say, and taking it to another level, I think he's naming us because part of the Pharisees live within us. And the Pharisees are part of human nature. And, and again, my friends, I don't say it to judge us. I say it to say, is there a way we can embrace that within ourselves? To say that's true of me. Because I think the sooner we can say that's true of us, I think the sooner God can, can begin working within us. And that's an okay thing. And we're never going to get to that place where that's not a part of us, where we're beyond and, and our intentions are pure. Blessed are the pure of heart. They shall see God. I love that. And I know I need to work toward that, but I don't know that I'll ever get there. And that's okay, because I don't need to be there in order to think I'm okay, and more importantly, in order for God to love me in order to be okay in the eyes of God. Because you know what? God in the incarnation came down and was born in a place that was in chaos, in a stable that was filled with activity and smells and sounds and sights that were messy. But none of that kept God away. None, neither, my friends, do those sights and smells and sounds and messiness and chaos that you and I carry around with us Neither does that keep God away. Let that just settle upon you because that's really good news. And if God can love us in the midst of that, can we begin loving us in the midst of that? The two quotes I want to use are from two doctors of the church, one St. Francis of Assisi and one St. Therese of Lisieux. And the first from St. Francis says this, we can patiently accept not being good. What we cannot bear is not being considered good, not appearing good. And St. Therese's is this. If you are willing to bear serenely the trial of being displeasing to yourself, you will be for Jesus a pleasant place of shelter. Both of them are pointing to the same place, aren't they? Both of them are saying, listen, how can we accept that this is who we are Francis says, we can patiently accept not being good. What we cannot bear is not being considered good or not appearing good to others. And, and Therese, if you are willing to bear serenely the trial of being displeasing to yourself, of looking within and realize all the mixed intentions, the mixed emotions, the mixed uh, reasonings for our decisions, if we can bear that trial of being displeasing to ourselves. And once we can accept that, and not just accept it, but embrace it, oh, we're a pleasing place for Jesus to, to, to find shelter. My friends, I think what our saints are inviting us to, I think what our God is inviting us to, is just to look within and say, God, this is who I am. I think it's who I've always been. I suspect it may be who I always am. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to make decisions that are going to be harmful for others or myself or our relationship with you, God. I don't want to do any of this. 
out of these poor places, out of these places of need, out of these places of insecurity, out of these places of needing to feel I'm okay, because for whatever reason, I don't feel I'm okay. And so I search for approval through them and through giving alms or fasting or appearing to be holy or whatever other ways that I'm searching for it. So you may mirror to me that I'm okay when all I need is your okay. And when I know I'm okay in your eyes, Lord, then I'll know I'm okay in my eyes. And once I've reached that place, I think that's the foundation from which those decisions can be made that are not going to be harmful to others. Will they still be mixed intent? I think on some level, yes, because we're human. But I think the more we can embrace that we are filled with multitudes, as Walt Whitman says, I carry multitudes, that that's okay, that our God loves us in the midst of that. And I think that is how we are saved Last example I'll use, and I'll I'll begin prayer, and that's Paul. If you've been following the first reading, it's 2 Corinthians. and the last few days, Paul has been going around asking for a collection for the holy ones in Jerusalem, those who were in needy in Jerusalem. And I think a great part of Paul wanted to do it to help those who were in need in Jerusalem. But I also think if you know Paul, and you've read his letters, and you're familiar with him, he wasn't accepted by many people, I'll use this in quotes, the ultra-Orthodox in Jerusalem. And there were those who questioned him. And I think part of the intentions that we're seeing with Paul and that come through in his readings and come through kind of with his temper on occasions are Paul wanted to be accepted too by the apostles in Jerusalem. They were the head of the church. And he wanted to justify his ministry and mission to the Gentiles. And I think part of what Paul was doing with this collection was, was going to come back with money that in their eyes made him uh, acceptable to them and justified his mission. My friends, that doesn't mean, okay, that's good, and we're going to have all these, these ulterior motives, and let's try to have them. But I think if, if we know Paul had that, and we know St. Therese and St. Francis dealt with that, can we embrace the fact that we do too within ourselves? And come to, to not pretend it's not there, but to be honest, that when we make decisions, we make them for a multitude of reasons. And God can work with that. God can work with that. It can be a pleasing place of shelter for him as long as we embrace it and know who we are as well. We're good in the eyes of God, my friends. We don't need to seek it in the eyes of anyone else. Let's pray. And so we begin, of course, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The third luminous mystery, the proclamation of the gospel. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful Wednesday. And I look forward to us breaking open God's word once again tomorrow. God's peace.